0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. We've got eight incredible first-round matchups in the basketball playoffs this week: Kevin Durant versus Kawhi, Lakers versus Grizzlies, James Harden versus his former team, and of course, the battle of the Bay Area between the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings. You can head over to BetOnline Sportsbook, use our promo code Believe50. That's B-L-E-A-V five zero, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the link in the description to this episode bet online where the game starts what's going on what's going on blake judas here how are you today dude i'm doing pretty great i think we're really
1: getting to the thick of things with the nfl draft i've already got all the days off of work so very happy about that And i'm, I'm really ready I'm super super excited i've been working on it all day today um pretty much <laughs> and i'll probably working on it all day tomorrow as well um I've already dropped a lot of my grades so far. All my quarterbacks are done. All my running backs are gone. I also dropped the wide receivers and tight ends. Working in the offensive line. I'm going to try to finish that by tomorrow, hopefully. So, trying to get all these grades out before uh, the draft actually starts. But, uh, yeah, it's been a blast. I've, I've watched a lot of football lately.
0: <laughs> Most of the scouting is basically done at this point, right? You, you've yeah, kind of... Yeah. Looked through all the players, watched all the tape. Now it's just kind of getting into the, yeah. the the final grades and finding matches and following rumors and stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. I uh, I normally what I do is I put I I, I look on the film and I have it normally a, a uh, my my laptop my phone I have them together and uh, normally I uh, have a notes app where I put in my grades for certain attributes the player has. And then right now what I'm doing is taking all those numbers, combining them, turning it into an actual grade and putting them on a list of where they're at in terms of rankings. So yeah, most all the film watching is is done. It's, it's been done for about a week now, um, but I'm trying to get all the, all the grades together and stuff like that. And there's a lot of, lot of notes and things I'm going through right now to try to get to it. Uh, but yeah, um, I've, I've done a lot, um, not as much as what has been in previous seasons, I would say, Um, and honestly as a whole I feel like this class has been a little more underwhelming in general Um, but I I feel like uh, I feel like for the most part I've gotten almost every single prospect that's going to be hopefully going in the first three or four rounds of the draft this year
0: well you just dropped the tight end ones today so let's talk about tight ends a little bit before we get going because there were talks about could there be four first round tight ends could there be three first round tight ends it looks like you've got on your board, too, and one of them that I was a little surprised by, Dalton Kincaid, who is uh, the guy from Utah who's been battling injuries and stuff. He He's a first rounder, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dalton Kincaid started playing football his senior year of high school. That was the first time he had ever played football was his senior year of high school. And he balled out, uh, played very, very well, earned some scholarships to play for some different places, ended up choosing Utah. And I think ever since... I really, I've only watched his junior and senior film. Uh, that's really been it uh, in terms of college. But, you know, according to what I have seen so far, it looks like he's had a complete steady incline in his play each season. We have seen consistent, constant improvements from Dalton Kincaid. And I think what I like the most about Kincaid is how good of ball skills he has. He is one of the best tight ends in this class at high pointing the ball. He has very, very safe hands. He makes some ridiculous catches and I think he's one of the better route runners uh, in the tight end class as well. I think he's really able to create separation, find like um, open spots in the defense, um, and is able to get a lot of yards after catch because he runs pretty fast for a tight end. Now, he didn't test, and that was a big concern. And I think a big reason why people aren't, I think, all in on Kincaid maybe um, because of his tests, but he's been medically cleared to completely play football. He has no injuries anymore, which was a which was a concern for a little while. He had some concerns with injuries, but now he's completely medically cleared. There is no setbacks for him whatsoever. And I truly think if a team can add him to their team, you're looking at a Zach Ertz-esque player. He's going to have the impact of a Zach Ertz if he can reach his potential. I truly think that he's a, a one of the best receiving tight ends I've scouted in a long time in this class. And I, I truly do believe... Not including Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts is clearly, was clearly <laughs> in a different level at the time, but but for a true tied-in, I mean, you're comparing. I'm comparing him to guys like Tyler Eifert, who went in the first round several years ago. Um, I'm thinking of guys. I mean, in hindsight, he is more of a Mark Andrews, or, or sorry, excuse me, not Mark Andrews. He's more of a um, Travis Kelsey-esque player in the way he plays. Now he's not going to be Travis Kelsey, obviously, but that that is how I I kind of view him as. Of how he plays, if that makes sense, uh, in, in the way that he plays more of a receiver type role, and I think he could be a guy that could have eight hundred, nine hundred yard seasons, you know, receiving, which I think is going to be huge for any team that drafts him, because obviously you want that third, fourth option like King K could be to have uh, that kind of potential. So I, I do think he's worth a first round pick. Um, I graded him in eighty nine, which is a late first, pretty much the latest first possible. Um, but at the same time. I think that he is has a lot of potential to be very good. Now he's a little older, and that's another concern that he has. So maybe he's already reached his ceiling. But in my eyes, if you if we continue to see see a steady incline, I'm going to say that his ceiling is going to be higher until his ceiling caps. Normally, a player will cap. They'll, they'll have a great junior season, and their senior season they'll be consistent which is good, or they'll fall off a little bit. Like guys like Derek Stingley, um, you know, some other players, or several players examples I can give. But guys like I mean, that. I mean, I could even go as to as
0: Jamar a- Chase not playing.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I- anyone. You know, it's it's kind of hard to match this season. Uh, you have once you reach a-, a certain high level of play. Well, Kincaid, we we continue to see growing improvements. And I truly do think that, you know, if he gets into an NFL scheme and has a good coach that can uh, scheme him open and let him do what he does best, I truly think that Kincaid can be a, a very good talent. Now, I'm higher on Michael Mayer, who's my tight end one, um, but that's mainly because I think Mayer's much more of a utility guy. I think he could be used in many different ways. I think Mayer is really close to being as good of a receiver as Kincaid as well. We, we've we've known this for a long time. Michael Mayer's been one of the premier talents at tight end for Notre Dame for several years now. Immediately when he came into the league, he, or came into college football, you know, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this. I mean, whenever he came onto the scene, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, he was already making an immediate impact, and he's been good. Everyone known, everyone has known he's going to be a top prospect, I think. Um, but at the same time, kind of similar to what I was saying earlier, kind of seem, seemed like his ceiling capped for a little bit. And we all kind of have this idea in our heads, like, yeah, Mayer's going to be a great player no matter where he plays. But he's, is he going to be an elite player? Is he going to be a, you know A Hall of Fame talent. I don't think anyone's ever expecting that from him. You know, I I think that he's going to be one of those more consistent, just good tight ends for a long time. Like, I'm talking like he's going to be number the fifth best tight end in the league for five, six years in a row.
0: You know, (laughs) Kyle Rudolph, he's going to be Kyle Rudolph.
1: In a way, but at the same time, I think it's so much more of a guarantee that you're going to get a good player with Michael Mayer, you know, which makes me more enticed to take him in the first round over a guy like Kincaid. But with Kincaid, we've already seen that he's improved a little bit better. And even though right now I would say he's not better than Michael Mayer there is a good chance that if he keeps steadily improving maybe he does reach to a point where he passes Michael Mayer I think I think Dalton Kincaid reminds me of honestly a better version of Dalton Schultz I think that's the best way I can really describe it maybe uh, I think that he could be a very good receiving tight end at the next level I actually think the Cowboys would love Kincaid even though I've been told that they really want Michael Mayer um, which could be you know have to do a little bit of the small jacks we'll have to see um, but I, I actually think Kincaid would be a better fit for the roster I think that would be a great extra receiver weapon for Dak to have on top of adding Brandon Cooks. Uh, but, I mean, we'll have to see exactly what happens. I know they're probably interested in both. Um, so, I, I honestly, it really is for me, like, Mayer and Kincaid, they have different grades. I have Mayer at a 91, Kincaid at an 89. But I could easily see, like, a pick them between those two because it really just depends on your scheme and what you want at your tight end position. If you want a guy that can play more in line, Maybe he's not the best blocker in line, but he's a very good blocker in open space. I think he is more built to play in line if he had to. I think he's probably more reliable to put on weight. So I think if you want a guy that can be more of a utility, maybe look at Mayer. I think he also has great receiving upside. But if you really want a receiver, if you want a guy that could really be that third or second even option to your team, if you want a Darren Waller or a Dalton Schultz, like I said, I actually think and might be a better pick than Michael Mayer. So it really just depends on who you prefer to a tight in because they are very different players in the way they play.
0: I'm going to be interested to see where we go with tight ends because I imagine that we're going to get two of those and maybe for the first time, we'll have less than three receivers in the first round because you only have two first round receivers now, but you do have seven in the first two rounds, which is interesting. Just a- any thoughts about receivers? I know you dropped those a little bit earlier in the week. What do you... Uh, What are you feeling about the wide receiver class? Because right now it's just Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison, and even Jordan Addison might slide to the second round based on the 89 grade he has.
1: Yep. Uh I think and and Johnston and Zay Flowers, to be completely fair, are borderline uh, you know, first round grades. They're 88, which is, like I said, like literally the fall-off, like the immediate Mm -hmm drop off from first to second. So they are right there. I could definitely see a wide receiver needy team in the late for parts of the first round going to get one of those guys. And I think they could be a good, impactful player. Um, so just because, you know, I have them a little bit lower, they're probably still going to end up finishing in the top 32 of my board. So in reality, it's possible that they do go first round, and it wouldn't shock me. Um, but at the same time, I think what I've noticed a lot from this class is a lot of the receivers are smaller, and a lot of the receivers – and the bigger receivers, I feel like, have problems in the way they catch footballs, which is, ironically, you know, the two things you probably want most in a wide receiver is size and the ability to catch. Um, so with Jackson Smith and Jigba, he is the best blend of both in my eyes. Um, I've mentioned Smith and Jigba multiple times on this podcast. I'm sure that Rose Bowl is a game that I will never forget, and I think, honestly, he's kind of created a bias in my mind to tell me that it's a big gap between him and the next best wide receiver right now. Um, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba projects as potentially a slot wide receiver next level but I'm talking a slot wide receiver that has a impact like Amon Ross St. Brown is the way I kind of see Jackson Smith and Jigba as a player right now he's got great route running skills very good after the catch he has more reliable hands and honestly there isn't really many holes I see in his game at all now a big problem is didn't really have a great senior year kind of like exactly Again, what I was talking about his junior year was so good, it was kind of hard for him to have a better senior year. Mix that with some injuries that he's had, plus the rise of Marvin Harrison, who will be a top five pick next year. Just book it now. And uh, Agbuka, who's their other wide receiver, who's also going to be a first-round pick next year wide receiver. I think, in reality, it was really hard for him to have any expectations to be better than what he was last year. So I think Njigba is going to be a great wide receiver no matter where he plays. He seems like the highest floor guy this year. And as for Addison, Addison is a guy that I worry about a little bit with size, but I think is going to be projecting as more of a Z receiver next level, being a good deep threat for a team. I do think that he probably will have to be a wide receiver to next level. I don't think he has the number one kind of um, elite play, but I've seen people say like, you know, if he puts on some weight, maybe he could end up being like a Stefan Diggs type guy. Now, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think as long as he's able to win deep and consistently in the NFL, he will always have a spot on on a on a starting roster. Um, so I and I think that we we've seen him win the blit and Koff. We know that he's very capable of doing that. And I, I truly do think he could be a pretty dangerous weapon. Now, like I said, Flowers and Johnston both just made it off the cut. Flowers is a little too small for my life. He's built, very, very built, so he's not going to have a problem breaking tackles or anything like that. But in terms of contested catches against bigger corners who have bigger verticals, uh, I do worry a little bit. Now, he, he did not have that problem in college. That needs to be noted. That's another reason why I've kind of given him a borderline first-round grade because it wasn't a problem. He had plenty of contested catches in college, but... He's five foot nine, and there's a lot of questions on if a five foot nine quarter can stick with a six foot two, six foot three corner who can match up with him in speed. So it would it would worry me a little bit in that case Um for, for Flowers. That's the big reason why I did not give him a you know straight up first round grade. But for Johnston, Johnston is got the size, he's got the speed, he can definitely um, be a corner one on one. It's just the way he catches is so worried. I, I I've seen so many body catches. Clay Johnston, or excuse me, Clay Johnston, Quentin Johnston uh, over his career at TCU. And he's I mean, he's made him, he's made great plays, but that will not fly in the NFL. If you make body catches, the corner is going to knock that ball right out of your hands immediately. Um, so it's going to be really, really hard. And it's inconsistent to catch like that. It's just, you never know what can happen with the ball. If it hits off you too hard, if the ball's a little too fast, something can always happen. And that can be a big cause of potentially interceptions. So I think Johnston is going to have a lot of work to do in refining his game, especially learning how to almost recatch the ball in a different way. And that worries me a lot, but can create the separation. I think he's a capable route runner, maybe not the best, but capable. Uh, And I think that his size is a big plus for him as well. So he's, he's more projecting as a raw prospect, a wide receiver, and might need a little bit of development for me to be confident in him being great immediately.
0: All right. Are we ready to mock draft?
1: Yes, I just rambled on for 10 hours. So, yeah, let's do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is the point. You just released all these grades. It's a culmination of hundreds of hours of work you're not getting paid for. I mean, it is <laughs> it is a perfect time to break down all of this stuff. We'll get into the quarterback stuff as we go along. You released the full grades for that, even though we've been talking about them for the past month or so. Uh, obviously, the other grades are still to come. And I've got questions about corners that we'll get into as the draft rolls along this is our third mock draft it's the fourth we've done here on the take it easy podcast but our third likely final mock draft going into the nfl 2023 draft uh the way we're going to do it is reverse from what we did last time so i've got the odd numbers blake tude has got the even numbers we're going to go back and forth maybe trade maybe do all kinds of fun stuff and uh see where this goes with our nfl draft expert i don't have the music queued up today but insert the nfl draft theme song right now into this spot (laughs) uh let's see okay so i've got the first pick i've got carolina uh, it's going to be Bryce Young. The Carolina's basically already given him confirmation that he's going to be the number one pick. I know they've tried to back out and be like, no, we haven't made our decision yet, but he's canceled all the other visits. Schefter pretty much confirmed it. The betting odds are like minus 1200 that Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick. The Panthers have already given him confirmation. Bryce Young's going to be number one. We've had him number one. I in at least the last two mock drafts that we've done. So is there is there anything new to add on the Bryce Young to Carolina standpoint?
1: No, I mean, it's a done deal. Uh, I think anytime a prospect is canceling visits to other teams that might be interested in him, that means he knows he's being picked. And the Texans really haven't made it obvious yet who they want at quarterback, right? Lance Dirline has said that they are completely uh, scrambling right now because they like so many guys. And they don't know which one to pick out of them all. So I think Texans wouldn't have that problem if Bryce Young's canceled. The Texans wouldn't be having that problem if Bryce Young canceled his visits and knew that he was being taken by the Texans. So it kind of just leaves the Panthers. We all know the Panthers liked Bryce Young. There was rumors maybe that they wanted C.J. Stroud because of what Frank Reich has liked in a quarterback for a long time. Having the bigger physical pocket passing quarterbacks. But... The writings on the wall. Everyone knows Carolina's front office has been enamored with with Bryce Young the entire time, and it's, I mean it's hard to argue because he's been a great playmaker for the Alabama Crimson Tides for the last several years, and he's very very young. I think he's gonna be able to develop really well, and I truly do think if you want a quarterback that that has the talent to win you a Super Bowl, Bryce Young is probably the best pick to make because I think he has the highest. Um, I, I think he could probably do the best with what he's given in Carolina. Uh, I think it's the best way for me to put it. Um, so I actually do think Bryce Young makes a lot of sense here um, at, with pick one. And, and honestly, I think that no, there's not going to be many people at all who have a problem with this. Yeah, the size is concerning. Um, I think it might limit his ceiling long term, um, but at the same time, Tyler Murray is has the exact same size. We've seen that he's been able to do really well despite being a part of some really poor teams and poor schemes in, in uh, Arizona. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, you, you really just got to give uh, Bryce Young a chance, and I think he will impress and, and kind of surprise us a little bit.
0: And you don't have Bryce Young as your number one quarterback. Do We've talked still. about this before. It's, it's a small difference. I think you said it was like fourth and sixth overall prospects, but you don't have Bryce Young ahead of C.J. Stroud?
1: No, I, I do not. And, I mean, it's it's it, again, it just depends on the scheme, I think. Um, I don't really know if Carolina... I mean, Carolina's a good offensive line. I kind of have been banging on the table for C.J. Stroud to go to Carolina for a while. Mm-hmm. But I also think that Stroud has had a very, very good set of weapons uh, throughout his career in Ohio State. And maybe that has made him look a little bit better because when we, when we compare accuracy charts... You know, Shroud and Young aren't totally far off in terms of accuracy. They're very similar in the way they throw balls, especially earlier on in the play. Um, so I, I do think there's an argument to be made that maybe we've just seen a lot better team around Stroud, and maybe he's more built to have a better team around him. But Young has made more with with less overall, which is crazy to say considering he's played for Alabama. But at the same time, we can't deny Georgia's or Ohio State's offense has been insane the last couple of years. That's just been their their go-to. Their defense has been the one to kind of fall backwards. Um, so I, I think that you know it really just is a, a case of who you prefer. I prefer the bigger pocket passing quarterback. I think that, you know, there's been rumors that Stroud's reaction time is a little low and that could be a concern. But again, I've never seen a player this young be this good for this long. You know, I, I just think that the moment he came in, I was already just wowed by the throws that he was making. And I truly do think that, as time has gone on, he's become a better decision maker. He's been smarter with the ball. He knows when to make throws. And I think a lot of people knock him for not, for kind of being stagnant and just sitting in the pocket the entire time. But we have seen. The last couple of weeks or the last couple of games of the season, whenever needed, he can escape the pocket. He can extend plays, he can improvise, and I really just trust him to make the right throws for the most part. And I I think that he is one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've seen in the last couple of drafts. So um, I want to give Stroud a chance on his team. I truly think he could be special. I would love for the Panthers to take him. Um, We'll talk about where I think he goes maybe later. I don't know for sure yet. Uh, But yeah, I I truly do think C.J. Stroud is – in my opinion, the better quarterback as of right now. And I think when it's all said and done, I think he has the higher ceiling. There could be question marks on whether if he reaches that or not, because maybe if he does have poor reaction time, he might struggle with a bad offensive line if he does get one. But at the same time, that's just depending on what team he goes to. If you have a good offensive line and Carolina does, I would go Stroud just personally, but I can't complain with Young either.
0: I've been saying it since last April. We need to, at all costs, protect Bryce Young from going to the Houston Texans. And to Davis Mills, Lovey Smith, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for a Hail Mary that saved Bryce Young from going to the Houston Texans. I don't know if Carolina is going to be that much better, but at the very least, it's not Houston. So thank you. Thank you that Bryce Young is going to be saved from that awful organization You have that pick for the awful organization. I'm interested to see where you go here because the Texans have been sending all sorts of mixed signals all over the place.
1: I'm interested to see where I go too because I will not lie. I think I'm just as confused as the average NFL fan on where the Texans are going to go with the second overall pick right now. We have heard reports that they're 50-50 on C.J. Stroud. We've heard reports that it's Will Levis at pick two. We've heard reports that it's Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson at pick two now. They won't even go quarterback. I think that's ridiculous. I think the Texans need a quarterback. I think they will go quarterback when it's all said and done. And it really just depends to me on whether or not I think the Texans prefer Levis at a quarterback position or C.J. Stroud, and it's tough because they just hired D'Amico Ryans, who is a defensive-minded player, or defensive-minded coach, and so maybe you can make the argument that they want to build the identity on defense first and find a quarterback since they already have Jimmy Garoppolo. But I don't know if the Texans ever plan on picking in the top five again, and if they do that, I think that kind of creates a scenario where – you know, Texans fans almost want all of these again this year and have a top three pick. And does D'Amico Ryan's want to do that? Absolutely not. So I think since you're here, you got to get your quarterback now. And good news is you have Jimmy Garoppolo. If you need someone to start for the beginning of the season, you can. Maybe you could take some time to develop a quarterback. So I'm going to make the bold move here. I'm going to go Will Levis. Here at pick two to the Houston Texans to sit back a year, develop behind Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe. And the Texans already have their quarterback ready now. They want to use them in the future. And I think this this Levis hype is 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 getting real. He is now the favorite to go at pick two to the Houston Texans, according to Vegas, right now. And I'm gonna trust that. And I'm gonna go with Will Levis here and say that he's the second quarterback off the board, despite CJ Job being my number one overall prospect. Do I agree with this move? No. But I'm gonna make it because I think that's what happens.
0: That's wild to think about. Will Levis getting picked ahead of CJ Stroud? Because like you, you have a, uh, Richardson and Levis kind of about the same. Uh, I think they're both 88s, right? You you have both of them yes. as the same grade. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they're so far behind Stroud, and that's just yeah. wild to think about. And in fairness to Houston, at least they're not trading up to. Draft Will Levis. I can't imagine anybody trading up to draft Will Levis. But if if he's their guy, then I mean, sure, good luck. We can we can ruin Will Levis and then maybe CJ Stroud will end up going to a well-run organization. But man, I hadn't even thought about that possibility until like a week ago. Because I'm someone who thinks like if Will Anderson is the number one prospect in the entire class, like it's not crazy for Houston to pick him second overall. But Picking Levis would be that would be a thing. That would be wild. <laughs> I mean, we but this isn't
1: anything new that we've seen in the NFL draft. We saw Daniel Jones go pick four whenever everyone said he was gonna be a second round pick, you know? Yeah, we saw Mac Jones work yeah, well, yeah, Zach Wilson. We saw him go number two, we saw Mac Jones work his way up to the first round, we saw Baker Mayfield, who was many people's quarterback four, go number one overall. So I definitely think I mean Levis To me, is a pro he's a pro style quarterback. So he yes, I think he is pro ready. Now, I think Willis Will Levis's decision making is is abysmal. And I think no one's gonna disagree with that. I think that he's a one read quarterback. If he doesn't get his read, normally it just means that he's gonna tuck and run. And at that point, you know, there's concern on his longevity in the NFL. If he's gonna get hurt, you know, that is a concern. But you know, Josh Allen was the exact same quarterback. So I feel like that's there's a scenario that's been made that maybe a team would look at Will Levis and say, do we just get our own Josh Allen and build around him? And maybe, maybe that's what they think, and maybe that's what they do. Now, I think that TJ Stroud, again, I prefer him. I think he's a much more pro I think he's much um more reliable passer. I think he's just a, a better, more accurate quarterback. I think he's better reaction times. He's gonna make better progressions. Um, but CJ Stroud is probably going to be starting day one and the Texans might like the idea of letting Will Levis um, iron out his decision-making, learn the offense, learn how to make reads. And if they can get him to do that and have it maybe a year or half a year to sit out, maybe he can end up being better than CJ Stroud. Now, I'm not going to make that assumption. I I I think, that would be something that I would probably disagree with. And I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm a Kentucky Wildcats fan. I've always said that, you know, everyone's known. Uh, I'm literally standing on a Kentucky rug right now as we're talking, but uh, I think that, you know, I, I, I just don't, I would, I just personally would, would avoid that. I'm just going off of what I think happens right now. And I think the Texans would want to trade back. Maybe, maybe they even trade back with the Colts and let the Colts move up to get Stroud and they go back and get lettuce. Uh, maybe they move back to seven, maybe go back to five, but I've just never seen a team move back to pick a quarterback. That doesn't make sense to me. I think if you want your quarterback, stay where you're at, make your pick, get your quarterback. And I think right now, Will Levis is Houston's quarterback. I just do. I know I know it sounds crazy. Um, maybe I'm totally wrong. And I'm going to make another mock draft next week. So uh, right before the draft. So maybe in between this week, I changed my mind. I've changed my mind multiple times this week, just so you know. But right now, Will <laughs> Levis is the guy that I think goes number two.
0: The Will Levis Davis Mills quarterback room is going to be interesting for the Texans. It's going to be interesting to watch that play out next. I think and, they and also Jimmy have... Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a Raider.
1: Oh, my fault, my fault. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Well, sorry, I'm getting completely confused. Davis Mills. Yes, yes, that's right. You're right.
0: Yeah. The um. I'm sorry. I th- I think they also have Case Keenum coming back home to his hometown. I, I, just, got Davis,
1: I just confused Davis Mills and Jimmy Garoppolo that, that entire conversation. So I probably, I probably said his name multiple times, but I met Davis Mills.
0: Yeah, Davis Mills still hanging around in Houston. By the way, I th- th- we'll get to this later. Is Zach Wilson still a Jet? I'm pretty yes. sure. He, yeah, Zach Wilson's still on the Jets, despite the fact he, that the locker room hates him. He, he attended the pre-draft voluntary meetings. That is strange. That's one of the stranger developments I've seen because I would have thought he would have been dumped for a third-round pick or something before the draft. But maybe they want him as a backup, a high-priced backup.
1: But at the same time, I mean, Aaron Rodgers still hasn't been traded to the Jets yet. So I don't know. I mean, there's been rumors that maybe the 49ers uh, make a a last-ditch effort to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I, I know that he said he intends on uh, trade, being traded to the New York Jets, but nothing's nothing's happened yet. And, you know, man, I mean, I, I'm not sure what's going on. So I'm sure Zach Wilson is just in, as much in the dark as most other people are about the situation. He's going to assume that until a trade's made, he probably is going to be the starter uh, or has a chance to be the starter next season. Um, and and I, I think for him, he also wants to show other teams that he is going to be willing to go out there and work Um, And so that's probably why I'd assume he probably attends the voluntary meetings. He wants to get better. He wants to show teams that he wants to get better uh, to maybe have a chance to, you know, have a chance to play as a starter again in the future. But, you know, I mean, it it seems like it's written on the wall. You know, he's not good. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, until he until he changes my mind about that, I don't think any team's going to ever start him or give him a chance.
0: Okay, so I've got the Cardinals sitting here at 3 and I feel like if CJ Stroud is there at 3, does this start a bidding war for everyone to try and go up and get CJ Stroud? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So That's uh nice. who I know the Titans are the front runners right now to trade up to number 3, which is interesting to think about. Uh who who if it's Stroud sitting there at 3, who are the teams that are most aggressive in getting up there?
1: I think the Colts at 4 are the most aggressive team out of anyone here just guarantee they get CJ Stroud because they do not want to miss out on him in my
0: eyes. So they they would they would do it in whatever the price is, a second round plus a fifth round or whatever it is, they would do it. The cult the, yeah. the cults of that team. Definitely. I definitely think so. And I think the Cardinals I think the Cardinals have their eyes on a guy
1: at the top and I think they want to have a high pick to be able to get this
0: guy is it will anderson that we're talking about or is it someone else oh okay okay so let's make that swap three to four uh i presume you have indy's picks i presume they're gonna go with cj stroud
1: yes yeah absolutely cj stroud's the pick here i think that indianapolis is extremely happy uh you know for that to happen so um i don't think uh they're gonna have any complaints whatsoever about getting cj stroud here (laughs)
0: So who's this Cardinals player that you're talking about? Is it is it Tyree Wilson? Yes. Okay, interesting. But this so, is your pick. You can make the pick. I, you know, this
1: is your pick since it's it is yours. But that that is that was what my thought was. Yes.
0: So the Cardinals have been interested in Tyree Wilson at the top of the draft right now. That's interesting to think about. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Um. I, I just, I don't think they can pass on Will Anderson though, can they? I mean, the fan base is I, already printing Will Anderson jerseys. <laughs>
1: I, I will not complain one bit if that's what you go with as well. Like, I totally understand. I definitely think it's possible.
0: Yeah, I got to go Will Anderson at four. I just, I can't see them okay. passing on that situation. Yeah, totally. Um, I
1: think um, the way I see it, I mean, it, it really just depends on, um on, on, What's, what what you, you more or less need and I think they, the the reason why I think Tyree Wilson is is probably is potentially their guy here is because I think that he is a monster he's a crazy ceiling and they just lost JJ Watts to retirement. I think that, you want to talk about a guy who could be the jj watt replacement tyree wilson might be by far the best guy in this class to be anywhere close to that so um i think that you know will anderson's more of an outside linebacker kind of pass rusher on the outside which i totally understand tyree wilson's more of an interior guy um and by interior he's not a d tackle more of a 3-4 d end but he can also rush the passer at a very very high level he's I, in my opinion, the best run-stopping defensive end in this class, I think, by a long shot as well. I think that he he gets in the backfield a lot and blows up plays. Um, and and I'm getting completely off-topic here because I wasn't even the pick. Will Anderson is an outside linebacker who's going to be a great pass rusher for whatever team he goes on. And you got to think, the Arizona Cardinals just had a terrific career from Chandler Jones who they had for a long time. And you want to talk about potential replacement for Chandler Jones now? They've been looking for it for a minute. They lost to on Reddick, who they got rid of foolishly. Um, but <laughs> Will Anderson is that guy. He is your Chandler Jones replacement that you never got. So you want a great pass rusher like that. Will Anderson makes complete sense to me. Um, like I said, Tyree Wilson has his own. It, they're they're very very different players, you know. And and I think you couldn't really go wrong with either. Um, but um, I, and you know what? I prefer Will Anderson as a prospect. I have him graded higher. So there's gonna be absolutely no complaints here to go. Uh, it's just the way I kind of was thinking the Cardinals would think. We know the draft crazy every single season and picks are made that we are not expecting ever, even early on. And I'm making some bold, you know, predictions I think here to be um um you know to, to be fun and to just show you how different I think this draft could go. Because I truly do think Will Evans at two, Tyree Wilson at or you know, a trade back to four, Tyree Wilson at four to the Cardinals is a very, very real possibility that could happen. And I can definitely see that happening draft night. But Um, I I definitely think that Will Anderson is a very good fit for this team too you honestly you'd upset a lot of the fan base if you did go Tyree Wilson so I could totally understand why they would have a lot of pressure to go Will Anderson and I think either way getting a defensive lineman as good as Wilson or Anderson is great for this team because it really does help out their defense in a year where they're going to be bad they're going to be bad and you know maybe they maybe they get the top pick next year Uh, and maybe they trade back and get a lot more assets Uh, again so uh, you want to just go ahead and take this season maybe to to look on to the next Um, and maybe you can get a really good pick maybe they're the team that gets Marvin Harrison Um, so uh, getting a defensive lineman here and just guaranteeing that you get a guy on defense would be very nice
0: well we can just keep it rolling to the next one because I've got pick number five and I'll make Tyree Wilson that pick there so at least both the edge rushers end up in the top five at the end of the day
1: yeah and, and Tyree Wilson is a better fit For Seattle than Will Anderson is so honestly if I was Seattle I would rather have Wilson now at the same time I think that Wilson's a better player again like I said and if you want Wilson you get Wilson Uh, or sorry sorry Anderson's a better player and if you want Anderson you get Anderson but I think that Seattle has made a couple of moves to add some guys on the defensive line already. I think they would love to add a very, very good run stopper because they were one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of run stopping last year. The one thing they were good at was defending the pass because both their corners had pretty good seasons. So, uh, especially Tariq Woolen, who we know had a great season last year. Um, so, they want to add some guys to help stop the run. Tyree Wilson is your guy if you need that. So, that's the reason why I kind of think he would probably be a better fit for their roster right now. Uh, and I don't think the Seahawks would complain at all if they get a guy like this at five. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if they even move back here uh or considered anthony richardson a quarterback um but because i think that you know with three guys going in the top three there's going to be a lot of people bidding up to go to quarterback but at the same time i think you know it's also possible that he falls maybe a little bit to you know to the later in the next couple of picks maybe instead um i just think wilson's too talented at this point he seems like a bona fide top five pick so it doesn't shock me at all he goes here
0: Seattle with Richardson is so tempting. It was so tempting cuz I want him to go to a well-run organization. It would be so interesting to watch that play out. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it on this one, but Anderson to or Richardson to to Seattle would be so fascinating to watch. Just refresh me real quick in in your top prospects in the class. So where do you have Anderson is still number 1, right, in overall grades?
1: Yes, yeah. Will Anderson is number one overall uh, for me in terms of the grade book, and B. John's number two.
0: <laughs> B. John's number two. Where does Tyree Wilson end up? Tyree Wilson, right now, and I will
1: have to. Uh, I haven't combined them completely yet, but he is a ninety-five, and I think according to that, that would put him at fourth. Okay. Right. Yes. So yeah, he, so it would be he, he is tied with Bryce Young in terms of grades. So um I, I mentioned that it's three and five for Young. Wilson is four in that point, and, and really Young could be four too. They're, they're both the same grade.
0: So tied for fourth is where Wilson yes. ends up and Yes. I, because I dropped Carter. I dropped Carter a
1: couple of grades back because of uh he, he looked very out of shape in his pro day. I now have worries about if he is Um, if he's committed to playing football, um, of course he has the off the field issues and what he, and and the way he ran the drills to combine was very, very bad. And others worry that he might not be as athletic as what we thought he was when he was once considered a mammoth unicorn at defensive line, you know? So he did drop a little bit and that's kind of changed my rankings just a little bit, but he's only down to a 93. He's still going to be in the top seven. I think he's going to be number six or seven. Uh, but, um, Honestly, I, I think that uh, Tommy Wilson has, at this point, in my opinion, surpassed him, and he will be going higher.
0: I've seen a lot of people say something similar, especially when talking about the Cardinals pick, is that Wilson kind of replaced Carter as that top five guy when it came to figuring out the draft order there. Uh, uh, let's, let's go over to Detroit, because I think this leads into the conversation we're having right now, because Detroit's got a couple of options sitting there at six. I'm glad you get to make this pick because I'm really interested to see where this goes.
1: Yeah. And that's the reason why I was talking to you about it because this pick is going to be Jalen Carter. Um, I think that they really, really want to get I mean, this is this is the definition of a Dan Campbell pick, right? Just the just the uh glass eater, I mean, you know, <laughs> kneecap biter, uh even to tackle who is going to uh I think if, if you want to talk about the, the one place Jalen Carter needs to go to it's Detroit he needs Dan Campbell all right Dan Campbell doesn't need Jalen Carter Jalen Carter needs Dan Campbell <laughs> and I think this would be a great fit you want to talk about a dangerous defensive line you just drafted Aiden Hutchinson last year who had a great season and was I think the runner-up for defensive player or defensive rookie of the year could be wrong uh, maybe he was in the top three I forgot let's see
0: Hutchinson I, I, finished. He was definitely top three. Who ended up winning it? Was it um, Sauce Sauce? Won yeah, it. Sauce. It was Sauce Hutchinson and Tariq Woolen were the finalists. Yeah.
1: yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if Woolen or um, Hutchinson was the runner-up, but I would think that maybe it was Hutchinson. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Let's um, see real quick. You want to talk about having the defensive runner-up potentially rookie of the year last year next to Jalen Carter, who might be the best defensive player in the class if he can, uh, you know, if he can prove that if he can get back in the way he was in college, if he can get back in his college form, you could argue that he's the best player in the class. Um, So, I I mean, you want to put those two players together, that, that could be seriously a conversation that Detroit got the best player in the draft two years in a row with picks that weren't even in number one overall. Um, So I think they would absolutely jump all over that. I think they believe in Jared Goff at quarterbacks that takes Anthony Richardson off the board. There's a big conversation about corner right now. I think Christian Gonzalez is a very good contender and potentially the other pick in this uh, in this uh, at this pick here. But I think that uh, they've had conversations with Jalen Carter. They've met with them. Um, There's been a lot of developments of of them having meetings and conversations with them. There's just so much interest there. I think that if if I'm a team like the Lions and I see a guy like Carter, honestly, I believe Dan Campbell can uh, can just turn him back into what he was. I just truly believe that. It It just seems like something that that would happen. Uh, And, I mean, they're a team that can win immediately now in their division. And I think you want to get a guy that just blows up Jordan Love, Kirk Cousins, um, whatever running backs that are uh, in the NFC North this year. I mean, he's going to be a, a, a wrecker.
0: That makes sense. To answer your question, Hutchinson finished second. Woolen finished third. And Kayvon Thibodeau was the fourth place finish for Defensive Rookie of the Year this past year. That, it makes sense that Detroit would be the move there if they're not going quarterback. I know one of the mock drafts we did, we had Detroit going quarterback, which is interesting. I know Richardson's still there and uh, Jalen Carter makes sense. This sounds like about the position that he might go and where people are projecting him either here or Chicago or uh, maybe someone a little lower if he slides. Maybe that's just based on defensive, like who gets picked. You mentioned Gonzalez. I know Devin Witherspoon is climbing potentially so carter at six uh this has to be anthony richardson right like the raiders the raiders are gonna fall into anthony richardson in this scenario and then makes a little bit more sense why they signed jimmy garoppolo instead of trying to get lamar jackson so right uh, Yeah. yeah raiders raiders are gonna take anthony richardson
1: Copy and paste what I was saying earlier with Jimmy Garoppolo. Just um, here, right? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> is going to be the week. It, he's going to be the week one starter. Um, you know, they, they I think they signed him with the intent that he would be knowing that they were probably going to be, be getting a developmental quarterback. And Richardson is the rawest quarterback that's going to be going round one, uh, unless Hendon Hooker goes round one, which I don't know if that's going to happen. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Anthony Richardson, I think, is the most raw. He is the least pro ready out of them all. I would be shocked if he started week one uh, on any team unless they really, really needed it, like the Colts maybe. Maybe I can see he starts for the Colts. I don't know. Uh, but I think that he's going to take a little while to start, and the Raiders are a team that I think has pre- prepared the best for that, which is why I think it makes the most sense. Um, and they wouldn't complain at all. They don't have to move up at all. Um, I think the Lions, they want Jalen Carter. We already saw the the Cardinals did trade back. They got the guy in Will Anderson. I think Seattle really likes Tyree Wilson, and they don't want to move back and wait for a different edge rusher anyway. So, um, you know, I think that those teams are offset on the guys they wanted. I think those guys deserve to go as high as they did. So I think the Raiders just got a good draw, and they're not complaining one bit that they got the guy that they wanted, um, which is Anthony Richardson, um, or they got one of the quarterbacks that they could have wanted, which is Anthony Richardson, of course, at pick seven. And I think he was about a high ceiling player. I mean, I said this recently. I'll say it again. He might have the highest ceiling in this class out of any of the quarterbacks. I think he has the strongest arm. I think he's the best capability. I think he's the best, um, you know, uh, dual threat quarterback in this class in terms of being able to run the ball. He's very very physical can run you over hard to bring down at all times and he's a good passer he's a very good passer at times when he can make the right throws he's just very now there's times where he's very inaccurate and he tries to do a little too much but we saw some plays that he made against Utah um, having that insane pump fake throw 360 uh, completely shaked around his defensive lineman and then just threw a easy dart to a wide open player on the corner of the end zone I mean it's not I don't think it's arguable to say. He is a very, very entertaining player. And I think it's very exciting to see what he can do at the NFL level because he has made those. I don't, I don't really don't know how to explain it, but he's made those Lamar Jackson, Patrick mahomes esque special plays at times. There's just a lot fewer and further between.
0: You've got number eight with the Falcons, who are maybe hoping that Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud would fall to them. But. Atlanta is now sitting at pick eight with a lot of different options on the table.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's this is wide open for them to make whatever pick they want, which is, uh, I think, uh, a very entertaining scenario to throw out here because um, I think the Falcons were hoping that any of these seven guys would be there at pick eight, and none of them were. (laughs) So uh, almost the worst-case scenario for them, but I I do think this is likely what happens. Um, I think the Falcons would love to trade down. If there was a team that wanted a cornerback, I think that's what they would target uh, trading back for. But I don't really know if anyone does. I don't think the Bears move up here. If anything, they would have to move down as well. Um, this is where I think if the Texans passed up on Levis and went someone else eventually, maybe they would try to trade up from 12 to 8 to get Will Levis. I think it's a very, very possible scenario. But again, that just seems a little too crazy to me. I don't think a team passes on a quarterback with their first pick like that. Um, so... I'm gonna just stick with this pick now because I don't think anyone wants to trade. What up. if
0: the what if the Jets try and get up from thirteen? What if the Jets make a call from thirteen? Maybe for a tackle. Yeah, I think it would probably be Paris Johnson that they're looking for. Yeah, I would do that. Well, let's see what the Jets have on the on the draft pick side of things, because uh, I d- I don't know what the Jets. I don't remember any major trades the Jets have made, but also they they want to save some of those picks to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, let's see. They've got two second-round picks this year. So let's say they trade their own second this year plus... Yep. Uh, I don't
1: know if they add something
0: to this. That's it? Just their own second this year and the 13 uh, pick?
1: Yeah, and I think even that they would maybe have another team like... I'm thinking Atlanta wants to give them pick eight and maybe like one of their later picks. Like I'm looking at the picks right now. I'm thinking like 224, 225 maybe for. It makes
0: sense. The Falcons throw in an extra pick, kind of like a pick swap in the middle of the draft, like flip a flip a second for a fifth.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's like, I'm, I'm looking at it right now with a, a simulator right now. I'm thinking pick 32 and 42 for pick 8 and 225 would be my, or 224 would be my uh my prediction or, or what I think would be fair.
0: You mean pick 13 and 42? Yeah,
1: I okay. that, Sorry. Yeah, for 8 for okay. and 24.
0: Okay, cool. So let's do that. Slide Atlanta on down to 13. Jets move up to 8. They'll take paris johnson who i believe is your number one tackle i haven't seen your full grades but i believe paris johnson's the number one tackle
1: he is yeah he is he is my number one tackle he is the best moving tackle Um, I have seen in a long time. He's very, very agile, quick with his feet. He's one of the best in the draft in terms of footwork. Um, I think he's um, a a very capable pass blocker, very, very good run blocker. I think he would work really, really well in a uh, a, a scheme uh, that is designed to uh, allow him to get in front of your uh, running back and and make blocks open space. I think he can definitely do that as well. Um, and, And I just think... Uh, you know, at all times, I mean, it, it's hard to go against a guy like Paris Johnson, who has been an efficient pass blocker, a good run blocker as well. He's just all around a good tackle. And the Jets are a team that really, really needs a tackle right now. And if they get Aaron Rodgers, uh, you want a guy that can protect Aaron Rodgers. And Paris Johnson would sev- definitely be that guy. I think he complements both Michael Carter and Brees Hall very well in terms of running backs. And I think that if he gives you extra time for Aaron Rodgers to make a throw down the field to a Garrett Wilson... I think you got to take it. So I definitely like the idea of the Jets moving up to get their tackle right now because I can definitely see the next few picks having a run of tackle, especially with the Bears coming up to pick nine. So it doesn't surprise me one bit. And I I actually really like that pick and like that move in general. Uh, I I was thinking more along the corner lines because I'm thinking Christian Gonzalez here, but it actually makes sense considering the Bears really, really want tackle too. The Jets might want to trade up ahead of them to get their guy.
0: So does tackle seem like the most plausible place for the Bears to go with their pick? I know they've got a lot of different needs, but does tackle make the most sense for Chicago? The way
1: I see it, you want to do everything you can to get Justin Fields, the players around him, to show it whether or not he is a franchise quarterback. Um, so I, I think for me, it would definitely be tackle uh, or just an offensive lineman in general. Uh, actually here at pick nine. So, um, you know, their defense isn't the best, but they also just drafted a couple of guys at corner that they're developing. They have Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon there. So I don't know. They can definitely use Christian Gonzalez, but I don't know if that would be their number one pick. Um, I think he's probably your next contender. But, I, you know, you look at guys like Peter Skoronsky, Broderick Jones, Darnell right even. They really, really want I, I would think a guy that can help protect Justin Fields and protect him uh, to allow him to either run the ball or or have more space and, and time to make a good throw down the field.
0: You said the name I was thinking there. So Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern is a uh I'm pretty sure he plays tackle, but I think we talked before he can he's a little more versatile.
1: Yeah. Uh and and I'm actually gonna have a great out on him as the offensive guard. Um, but uh, he is my. I believe he is my. Uh, let me double check on this real quick to make sure I'm not uh, just lying. Yeah, he's my highest graded offensive of lineman in the drafters. Um, so uh, it actually makes a lot of sense to me that uh he would go here to the Bears. I actually think even if the 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 Bears didn't uh, miss out on Paris Johnson. I still think this is Skaronsky. Uh, at least it would be for me. Because I actually think that you know having a guy like Skaronsky, who can either play on the inside or play on the outside, would give him a lot of versatility. They just got a really, really good rookie season from one of their offensive tackles. So maybe they want to stay, keep him offensive tackle and have Skaronsky play on the inside. Or maybe if it doesn't work out and maybe it was just a one-year wonder, maybe Skaronsky does play on the outside. I think he can do either. Um so he's a very versatile offensive lineman um, I kind of compare him in the, in the way I see it to Rashawn Slater a couple of years ago with Panay Sewell. Um, I think Slater was a better prospect, and I think he got more hype uh, than what Skronsky did. But Skronsky is definitely in that same mold to where I think he could play anywhere on the line, and he will be good no matter what. I know PFF is extremely high on Peter Skronsky. They think he's going to be an elite player next level. And I think the Bears need an elite offensive lineman to help develop the Steve's offense.
0: Where do you have just, you know, kind of eyeballing it? What's the grade that you have for Skoronsky? 93, and he's in my top 10. Okay, that answered both questions that I had. So if the Bears get uh, not a blue chipper, but if the Bears get, you know, top player who's going to anchor the offensive line for 10 years after everything they got from trading back from number one, I think the Bears walk out as one of the biggest winners of the draft.
1: Yeah, that, that would be an ideal scenario for them. They they just made aggressive moves to get wide receivers, right? We know that. We know they just got DJ Moore uh, in a big trade that, that involves pick one moving down all the way to pick nine now. So they have a good wide receiver. They have Darnell Mooney. They also traded their second round pick for Chase Claypool. So they have all their weapons already done on the offensive side. You have Justin Fields. I think they they really like what they have in Khalil Herbert. Um I know they signed someone else that I can, I just, I'm they've got it. They've got
0: a St. Brown brother
1: in there. Uh, yeah. Equinamia St. Brown is there. Uh, that is true. Um, and I think that I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to remember who they have at running back. A little oh,
0: or, they have uh, the, the 18 wheeler Deontay Foreman. Yes. Yes.
1: They added Deontay Foreman. So, I mean, obviously, um, I, you know, running back feels like a little too rich here now. But, I mean, B. John, we mentioned this. B. John can go this high. Uh, I just think that, you know, get your offensive line first because you already have a dangerous rusher in Justin Fields. And I actually like what I saw with Khalil Herbert last year. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, you really the only thing that's missing on this offense is the line, right, which is the biggest concern by far. Uh, so, I mean, you, you know, you want to solve that immediately. I think Skrowski is one of the best players on the board right now. So seems like a no-brainer.
0: All right, you've got the Eagles sitting at number ten. I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you work through this.
1: Yeah, Uh, this this is uh, this is fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, There's a lot of different scenarios I think could happen here. Um, We took Bijan the first time. I want to say I'm blanking on who we took last time. I know you made. Uh, I think it was Brian Branch. Brian branch. Okay. You took Brian branch. Um, since then they have uh, been, you know, considered uh, one of the favorites to land Buddha Baker in a trade. So uh, I'm, you know, for the sake of argument, I'm taking branch out of this scenario here. Um, the way I see it, they need to add a lot of talent to the defensive line. I think they would love to have Carter faulted. them. they would love to have a miracle Tyree Wilson scenario. Um, obviously I don't think any of that happens, but there's another guy that I think is starting to enter the conversation of the top 10 that plays in the defensive line. And people are being a little quiet about it right now. Um, and this is going to be a, a pick that I, another pick that I think is going to surprise some people, but it wouldn't shock me if it happened on draft night. I'm going to take Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia, here at pick 10 to add another pass rusher on the outside. You want two Hassan Reddick's. You just got two Hassan Reddick's.
0: that's almost as stupid as the the, um what's it called the having Bijan robinson enter that offense as a running back is having two hassan reddicks
1: right i I mean like they're like the exact same size right and that's the biggest concern with nolan smith is he too small well hassan reddick was quote-unquote too small well look at him now right so why don't the eagles just embrace this and adding 240 pound edge rushers and get two of them right like
0: Perfect. Oh, that's going to be so wild if that happens. And... They're basically just reassembling the Georgia 2021 defense because they've got Jordan Davis, Nikobe Dean, and Jalen Carter. Hey, they might they got a pick later in the draft. They might even pick another Georgia guy at the bottom there. So, like they're just reassembling the 2021 Georgia defense, (laughs) along with somehow, like very quietly keeping Derek Barnett, keeping Fletcher Cox, and keeping Darius Slay. Like we thought it was gonna be a purge for the Eagles, but like they kept a good bunch of those players that they thought they were gonna lose.
1: Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I think that would be uh I, I think it's been a very, very good, quietly good offseason for, for um the Eagles in the case that the guys they lost were guys that I think you already expected them to lose. And they managed to keep a couple extra guys on top of that. Um plus, I mean, no one's really talking about this, but Jalen Hirsch just signed an extension and the way they structured that con- that contract was masterful. I mean, Mm -hmm. they are only – his cap hits are extremely low. Now, in five years, it's going to look really bad because his cap hit turns up to $80 million and he's not even re-signed with the team. Uh, Or he's not even on the team if he doesn't resign. Now, if he does re-sign, they could take all that money and spread it out between three or four more years. So all this is is just longevity for Jalen Hurts. He could stay there for 10 years and make this entire contract or – if it doesn't work out he's going to get released and uh you know that other that that cap is going to be insanely high and it's going to look really bad for the eagles or um maybe they agree to prorate it across several years and maybe they take a couple extra years where they have to pay him without him even being on the team which would of course hurt the team maybe but at the same time you also at that point would helpfully draft a rookie quarterback so as things to be paying a rookie quarterback like 20 30 million a season but at the same time i mean if he's good you know maybe it's not too bad.
0: Yeah, the Eagles are betting on him being there for longer than the 5-year contract and therefore they can do uh what I, the jo- what I like to jokingly call the Kirk Cousins extension. <laughs> they can uh they can just keep giving him 2-year extensions that spread out the cap hit until the eventual year where they let him go and everything falls apart. But that's 10 years from now. Who's got to worry about that? The current regime won't be there in 10 years who has to worry about that so yeah i'm glad you brought up the hertz extension if we didn't talk about it here i would have talked about it when we get to their second first round pick a little bit later i've got the titans here this is an easy one christian gonzalez they'll walk away and be happy
1: (laughs) all right that's fine I was going to try to give you a call from the Washington commanders.
0: <laughs> nope. Titans. Titans nope. aren't fielding yep. calls on this one. Yeah. They'll take Christian Gonzalez and that's they'll, fine. they'll be super stoked about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. He doesn't deserve to fall any further. Um, I actually he wasn't even going to take him with the p- Commanders pick anyway. So I'm sure they're fine too. Uh, maybe yeah. I give him a call here at 12 instead. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Christian Gonzalez, uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, they really, really want another good cornerback because they they really don't have many at this point. They have weaknesses all over their roster. They are their team that is, I think, a year away from being in a full rebuild. Right. So, um, you maybe you want to look at taking the best player available in the, in this draft right now, and that is without a doubt in my eyes, Christian Gonzalez. I think he's a well excluding b john who's not been off the board yet he is my last top 10 player uh that was available at this point so you get a top 10 prospect to pick 11 i'm never complaining about that
0: okay now we can go to 12 you have full autonomy with these picks now so you you can make trades with washington because you have them at 16 you have full autonomy at this point
1: yeah it's it's Honestly, I think this is a, a great scenario for Houston. I would definitely move back here uh, if I was Houston. And I saw the players that were on the board. Um, now it says that the command—I'm trying to make a trade right now. And it says the Commanders are interested in the pick, um, <laughs> which is ironic. But at the sa- at the same time, um, I'm still going to try to do it. I'm going to do, do it anyways. Six, Who
0: cares? Do it.
1: Sixteen and. Forty-seven, so they're first and second to move up. And I'll have the Texans giving up pick twelve. And I'm gonna say pick one
0: oh four. Is one oh four so, that sounds like a comp pick potentially. Uh I think
1: it's the first, I think it's the top second the second fourth round pick in the so basically a, a very high fourth, I think. Okay.
0: Because oh, the picks was... in at 102
1: for the third round. So it'd be the second pick in the fourth round.
0: Well, there you go. Top of the fourth round pick. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's just an he... outside the top 100 pick. You know, like really close. Yeah, but it's semantics at that point. You get third round players at fourth round prices. Yeah. And let's do it. Washington slide on up to number 12. Houston slide on down to number 16.
1: He can add some more picks. Um, sure, they wouldn't complain about that. And a team that is uh, looking to hopefully build a roster for the future. Washington moves up because there's a great prospect on this board that I thinks a great fit for them in a big position in need. Give me Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois. I think I've already made this pick once in this mock draft. I'm going to make it again. This would be a dream scenario for uh, Washington. There's been reports that they're uh, enamored with Keely Ringo, but they're not going to reach for Ringo. He's going to go round two probably. Um, And I don't know if there's a guarantee that he even goes at that point if there is the Texans are at pick 12 and are looking to move down and Devin Witherspoon's on the board Washington has to trade up they have to get their guy here to get to finally get a guy that can uh, you know be a lockdown corner for you i think it makes this defense hopefully good again cuz they have a great defensive line we know that they have good linebackers that they've already committed to their secondary is the weakness devin witherspoon's a great answer to help the secondary i think and is a great scheme fit for this team
0: I like the pick. And like you said, we've mocked it before. Uh Witherspoon's really climbing a lot. I'm glad that we've gotten to this pick now because I was surprised he's had some top 10 projections in there. Uh, some people have even said like number eight to the Falcons or number six to Detroit. Well, what's the deal with Witherspoon jumping? Because I think when we first started this process a month and a half ago, he wasn't even the number two corner on the board.
1: Uh, well, for one, I think he tested really well. Definitely helped this case. Uh, I think he was a lot more athletic than people might have thought he actually was because there was questions on how good his functional athleticism was. Um, I think that he's a better man corner than Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez played more in a, uh, you know, in cover two, cover three uh, kind of schemes where he was playing more as a zone corner. Um, I think that um, there's, a, there's a good case to be made that um, we, we – we see uh, – excuse me, cover, cover six, I think, way he played a lot in, in Oregon, I want to say. Um, but I think there's a good case to be made that uh, Devin Witherspoon uh, is a, a guy that fits the Washington Commanders' defense the best, which is why I, you know, I made the pick here. Uh, and I think that if a team wants a guy that could match up against another team's top player and lock them down – I think Witherspoon is probably a better option over Gonzalez uh, in general because there are some questions about Gonzalez going one-on-one against the wide receiver one. You know, he plays his role really, really well in the zone and is able to normally, you know, break up passes or at least affect throws whenever it's inside of his zone. But at the same time, um, there has been cases where he's gotten beat pretty bad in some film that I've watched. So Witherspoon never had that problem. He wasn't getting beat bad to the degree Gonzalez was. And I also think that w- Witherspoon, whenever he was tasked to do something, for the most part, he did it really well. There wasn't any games that I watched of Witherspoon where I was like, yeah, this guy got cooked. Like, you know, he he, he was just not good today, right? Uh, I didn't really see that much. So I think you're talking about a consistent, reliable cornerback one I think Witherspoon's that guy. I don't know if he has the feeling Christian Gonzalez does because Gonzalez could have a you know, it's easy it's easy to you know to say something like this because you know he's by far the best corner uh, in in the NFL last year, but. Um, you know, Gonzalez—the way he plays in his zones—could be compared to maybe someone like Sauce, and the way he plays in his zones, right? And that's why he was so good. But Sauce is definitely a better man corner than Gonzalez, which is why I think it's kind of separated a little bit between those two. But in terms of how they play in their zones, Gonzalez is very, very good. I think a different style from Sauce, where he's—I think he's maybe a little bit more physical, um, not as good of ball skills, um, but you know, a little smaller. I think, but it's still very, very talented as a player. Um, I think that you know, it really just depends. kind of uh, the same scenario as what I've been saying multiple times. These are the top two guys, in my opinion. If you think Witherspoon is a better fit for your roster, I definitely understand the idea of drafting Witherspoon over Gonzalez.
0: All right. You have the Falcons at 13. They've already traded down once. The Jets went up and got a tackle. Falcons got, I think they just moved up in a draft. But still, you've got Atlanta sitting there at number 13. What is the pick that you are looking for?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, really. I mean, they, they've added to the cornerback room. They've already gotten uh, Jeffrey Okuda to come in now from Detroit, who they just added to the team. Uh, they have AJ Terrell. They just added Jesse Bates. So I think their I think their secondary is actually pretty pretty decent now, decent enough to where I think they don't have to add corner, which is why I wanted them to move back. I think they would love a quarterback, uh, if maybe if they fell, but at the same time, that didn't happen, of course. So after that, I look at defensive line and looking at the edge rushers uh, on the roster uh, or in the draft this year. And there's a lot of guys I think that are still worth the pick, but there's one guy that I think has been mocked higher and is probably going to go higher than the rest and that is Lucas Van Ness the edge rusher from Iowa who i think is a a pretty big projection next level um he was pretty notably a backup for Iowa for most of the time he played um and, and, and you know he, re- he really rotated around the, the defense he was i think the really a third edge rusher, edge rusher on the team but he has amazing measurables, is super athletic, and I think has one of the better projections to the NFL on the way he plays as rusher. I think that he's going to be a very good disruptor. I think he's a pretty solid fit in this scheme. He could play around the line a lot. Um, and I think he can add another extra chess piece for this defensive line to have in the long run. So I'm going to take him here. I know they would love to have Nolan Smith too, but he, of course he didn't fall the way they were hoping. So they settled for Lucas Van Ness, who I think is another very good address who's probably going to be going into top fifteen.
0: That makes sense, and I think this is the highest we've mocked Lucas Van Ness anywhere so far. Is thirteen in the draft? I think we've kind of had him uh, either. I think it was the Chargers or you know, down in the, down in the twenties a little bit. So this is, this is a nice little change between Van Ness And uh, I was guessing it would be either him or Miles Murphy. Once we have uh, the three edge rushers already taken with Anderson, Wilson and Smith before that. So uh, this is, this is the highest Lucas Van has gone. I hope he enjoys that little bump in salary for his first three years in the NFL. Yeah. All right. I mean, this oh, okay. is the guy for him. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, what were you gonna say?
1: I think I think that would be great for I think this would be a great place for Lucas Van S to end up. I think he is potentially worth a top twelve pick because he plays in the defensive line. And I think despite him not being the um you know the despite not having the elite college production he had, I think you can make a really good case that the moment he hits the league, you see an increase in his production.
0: What's the grade that you had on
1: Van S? Van Ness currently has a, let me pull it up real quick, um, an 88 at the, at the moment, so about the same as Levison Richardson, which is a later first, but you got to understand, I think that he is the next best edge rusher in this class, to he's the last edge rusher to have a first-round grade on, and we're going to see a lot more edge rushers in the first round <laughs> coming up, so we're going to be second-round grades for me.
0: Interesting, interesting. So edge rusher is a premium, which makes sense, because every year at the trade deadline, it's always every team needs an edge rusher, so... It makes sense that Falcons might pick a premium and it sounds like I mean, I know the Falcons have signed a bunch of like old dudes, but it sounds like the Falcons are finally breaking the trend of if we never address our defense, eventually our defense will fix itself. The Falcons have signed a whole bunch. Of, they just signed Bud Dupree the other day, continuing Arthur Smith's dream of reassembling the 2019 Tennessee Titans. So, And, and, they, and this
1: is exactly why I picked Van Ness, because I think um, Dupree is more of an outside linebacker-esque player. Van Ness can play more on the inside as a bigger guy for you. And I think if he projects as a maybe a 3-4 defensive end for your team, maybe he could play across next to J.D. Grayson. Grady Jarrett, excuse me. I think he actually fits better in this defense with Bud Dupree on the team. All
0: right, you've got the Patriots at number 14. Let's see where Blake Jude is going, or if someone wants to trade up. But regardless, what is Blake Jude feeling at 14?
1: Yeah. um, The only team I think would realistically want to trade up here is probably Pittsburgh, maybe, maybe, maybe Tampa. Uh, if you if we want to get a little spicy, maybe. Uh, but um, I actually like the New England Patriots staying here. I think. Um, I know their needs for the most part are on the offensive line. Uh, and there's a couple of guys I really really like still here. Um, I think the Patriots are, are have been a team that have never been afraid to go after the guy they want. Rather than the the top prospect on the board, um, they went Cole Strange last year, which is a big surprise for a lot of people who weren't really expecting it. But now they're looking for more of a pure offensive tackle, and um, I think this is a team that has found their identity in the running game. They they have been they have, they have shown that they want to go after um they want to go after the run. They want to keep the ball on the ground. They don't trust. Uh, guys like, um, you know, they don't trust Mac Jones enough to be that uh, that passer. I think that's a high level passer. So I think rather than looking at guys who are more built to pass block, maybe look at guys who are better fit to be in a running style offense and for me that is Broderick jones uh or broderick jones from georgia i think he is the opposite tackle i would take here i think he is a mauling offensive tackle who is a big big guy who i think is best fits in the run blocking schemes i think he's also a very capable pass rusher we are pass blocker we have seen him be successful in pass blocking situations but he's a little less technically refined i think he's a bit really good anchor it's hard to get around um, he's hard to get through, excuse me. Um, getting around him is a little bit easier because he has some issues with his agility a little bit. Um, didn't test the absolute best, but he's still a big mammoth beast who is going to completely maul you and allow running backs to get open gaps to get in between uh and, and hopefully break out for long yards. Um, guys like Ramondre Stevenson, I think they probably draft another one later on in the draft this year, too. Um, you know, this is a team that runs the ball a lot and Broderick, Broderick Jones, excuse me, is a guy that I think is going to be a very, very good tackle that can open up his guess
0: i like the pick patriots always are offensive line and defense so it makes sense that they would invest in an offensive lineman here especially because of what they want to do in the running game i know the steelers are kind of banging their hands on the table that broderick jones didn't fall to them at pick 17 but they'll they'll have other options coming up after that let's see uh all right i've got the packers at 15 there's, there's a long shot trade that I want to talk about here and see what the price might be. Okay. What about Buffalo at 27, jumping up to 15? What would it take to pull off a trade like that?
1: Okay, what would it take?
0: That's a Good question. Would, it, would Buffalo have to part with their first round pick next year?
1: Um... I don't think they would aim to do that. Um, the way I see it, I think. Hold on, let me find. Uh, Buffalo picks at pick twenty seven. Yeah, so yeah. I'll just have an argument. Let's say the Bengals are at twenty eight here. Um. Hmm. I would say maybe they go for a second and a third.
0: Oh, so they would give up all of their draft picks. Well, so they would give up their three to top be, draft picks this year?
1: No, it doesn't have to be the top three. Maybe they give up a second this year and a second next year. Well, then okay. again, though, Buffalo is probably going to have a low first regardless. Yeah. So, yeah let, let's, let's, let's. Let's just say they give up next year's
0: first. And okay, maybe, they,
1: they, maybe maybe they get something else to you on top of that. I don't know.
0: Let's see what the Packers have. Uh the Packers uh do you think the Bills would rather get a pick next year or this year out of it? Uh let's see. Uh let's say I the, uh, huh? I would say if if they're getting
1: a 2024 first Maybe they give up a like a, I would probably guess the Packers would want back. Are you are you saying that? Oh, sorry, sorry. Are you saying the Bills are gonna get something else on top of the or No, I'm
0: saying the Bills give up their twenty twenty. So the Bills give up twenty seven their first next year, but the Packers give them a pick right. in return.
1: Right, and, and and the Packers from their perspective, right they they don't want to move back so far. So they're gonna probably look for a pick that they would be better for. They would want more now i would think so maybe like the bills third i think maybe that's the bills third you're
0: saying the packers get the bills third or the bills get the packers third i i
1: think they would also ask for a third because you gotta think they're moving up a lot here 12 picks to move up maybe the packers then give up like a a second or third next year too this might be a, a big trade
0: yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is it would be so Buffalo gives up a first this year and a third, or sorry, their first this year, a third this year, and a first next year, and then the Packers send back some pick in ex- whether a fourth or a fifth or a third or whatever it is.
1: Well, I, I, I would yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking like in, in my head, I'm thinking uh, the the Buffalo first, um, Buffalo's next year's first, and Buffalo's third this year for the Packers first this year and maybe the Packers third or fourth pick next year.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Or I the Packers have comp picks this year, so maybe they'd be prefer to get it this year, but maybe maybe, maybe they just say next year.
1: Maybe just one, like yeah, maybe 170 instead of a 2024 third or
0: fourth. Yeah. Yeah, say this year comp pick in the fifth round or pick 170 like you said say that Buffalo gets to make the extra pick because uh, I, th- I think Buffalo really wants to get spicy with this because I've, I've talked about this before. Buffalo hasn't picked a Buffalo has not selected a pro bowler since the Josh Allen draft class. Yep. That's the, that's the last pro bowl pick Buffalo's made. So if they, if they give up draft and it also could be like the Trey Lance situation where they're financially, tied a bit, so giving up a first round pick next year is somewhat beneficial because they don't have to pay the salary on the first round pick. Um but they also move up in this situation. Just for the sake of spiciness, I'm gonna say Buffalo accepts this, the terms that you have laid out here with uh, you know, whatever the pick may be, a pick 170 for a first for 27, Buffalo's first next year and a third uh, this year for Buffalo. So Buffalo's third rounder at the end of the third, they're going to go up to 15 and they're going to select Jackson Smith and Jigba with the 15th pick in the draft. Mm. Mm. All right.
1: That's cool. That's cool. The uh, Texans are kicking themselves. <laughs> so that is, that is- <laughs> That's cool. I, I like that. I like that a lot because they 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 want to get another receiver to add alongside Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis had a pretty big down season last year as a team wide receiver, too. Uh, I like this pick because Buffalo needs an extra guy. They know that they're a step behind Kansas City right now. Maybe they're a step behind the Bengals, too. What's the best way to do that? Add some firepower for Josh Allen. And man, Jackson, Jackson Smith the Jig was that guy. He's that guy. And I think if there's one guy worth trading up for right now, it would be him. Absolutely. So, you know what? That makes total sense to me. I love this pick. I love this trade up. That's a lot of fun.
0: Also, another scenario we could have proposed is instead of that third round pick, the Buffalo's end of the third round pick, what if they just sent Gabe Davis to the Packers?
1: Maybe maybe that's what they do. Maybe they give Gabe Davis up instead of one of the extra picks. So maybe this year, maybe... Uh, their first round pick next year's first round pick and Gabe Davis for the move up to the Packers pick plus a Packers
0: plus another Packers pick yeah pick one seventy or whatever it was one seventy I like that I can do that yeah that would be interesting because the Packers probably would be I mean Gabe Davis only has one year left on his contract so the Packers would kind of have to make a decision after that but I'll even probably, still they would probably well, be cool with it
1: I would think the Packers probably extend him. If they got him right,
0: yeah, because they need why, receiver why help. They want him?
1: Why else would they want him? At that point, they weren't going to maybe just to
0: figure out the vibe with Jordan Love and I'm... you. You want to give Jordan Love some big dudes? You
1: give Christian Watson and Gabe Davis two men at wide receiver. <laughs> That's fun.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I thought about that while we were talking. I'm like, oh well, what if they just gave up Gabe Davis and kept the draft pick? That would. That would might that might be something Buffalo's more inclined to do because I don't think Buffalo's going to re up with Gabe Davis after this year. They need value at that receiver position,
1: right? Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. The only reason why, the only thing that would maybe question me a little bit, I would question a little bit, would be um, are are the Bills willing to give up Gabe Davis on this small of a contract um, whenever he's like, you know, he's low risk. Potentially high reward at wide receiver. Um, you're not giving him a lot of money, so if you don't play him, it's not a big deal. Um, but at the same time, you know, I can definitely understand. Maybe this goes the extra distance and letting the Packers actually want to accept this so they can get Jackson and Jigba.
0: So that makes sense. And maybe Buffalo goes ahead and and they double down and draft a Marvin Mims in the third round or something like that. Maybe maybe Buffalo doubles down on receiver if they trade uh, Gabe Davis.
1: Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, they also have guys that they're already developing as well, uh, you know, in, in the back. So uh I'm I'm blanking on the name right now, but I know they drafted someone last year.
0: I know they let uh, go of someone who balled out for the Giants. I can't remember his name, but they have um they have Shakir, uh they've got yeah, Shakir. Of Shakir's their number three right now, so it would um, it would maybe make sense there. Apparently, they also have Trent Sherfield, which that would be Could interesting. Just
1: sign in free agency,
0: yeah. He might be interesting yeah. to see fill the the role that Jamison Crowder was in for the past couple of years.
1: Yep, no, I think that's possible. I honestly, I think drafting another receiver, maybe to be the slot guy in the third or fourth round, is actually a very good decision. I like that idea.
0: All right, so we've got. The biggest trade that we have proposed here is a swap of Jackson Smith and Jigba for uh, Gabe Davis and Buffalo gives up their first round pick next year to the Green Bay Packers, which interesting place the Packers find themselves in with all the picks they're about to get for Aaron. The Packers could have three first round picks next year with theirs now Buffalo and the Aaron Rodgers pick that they're probably going to get. They could have three first rounders going into 2024.